Hello, and welcome to Purple Clementine, where I find you new stories every week. Today's story is titled Hobnail, posted on eastoftheweb.com by Crystal Arbogast. Please enjoy. Fanny Petit sat cross-legged on her Uncle John's front porch, her favourite ragdoll clutched under one arm. The late afternoon sun shone through the leaves of the giant oak tree, casting its flickering light on the cabin. This golden motion of light entranced the child as she sat with her face turned upward, as if hypnotized. The steady hum of conversation flowed from inside of the cabin. Ellen, I'm sure happy that you came to church with us today. Why don't you spend the night? It's getting awfully late and it'll be dark before you make it home. I'll be fine, Sally, replied Fanny's mother. Anyhow, you know how Lige is about his supper. I left plenty for him and the boys on the back of the stove, but he'll want Fanny and me home. Besides, he'll want to hear if Sam Bosworth's wife managed to drag him into church. The laughter that followed her mother's statement broke the child's musings, and she stood up, pulled her dress over the protruding petticoat, and stepped inside. Get your shawl, Fanny. When the sun goes down, it'll get chilly. As the little girl went to the chair by the fireplace to retrieve her wrap, her uncle came from the back with a lantern. You'll need this, Ellen. The wick is new and I've filled it up for you. I appreciate it, Johnny, Ellen said. I'll have Lige bring it back when he goes to town next week. Ellen kissed her younger brother goodbye and hugged Sally gently. Patting her sister-in-law on her swollen belly, she said, I'll be back at the end of the month. Don't be lifting anything heavy. If that queasy feeling keeps bothering you, Brew some of that mint tea I left in the kitchen. Lord knows I've never seen a baby keep its mammy so sick as much as this one has. It's a boy for sure. Upon hearing this, Fanny frowned. She was the youngest in her family and the only girl. After living with four brothers, she'd prayed fervently to God every night for him to let her aunt have a girl. The only other comfort she had was the pretty rag doll that her mother had made for her. Tucking the doll under her left arm and gathering the shawl with the same hand, she stood waiting patiently. Aunt Sally kissed her lightly on the cheek and squeezed Fanny gently. If I have a girl, I hope that she'll be as sweet as you, her aunt whispered. Uncle John patted her on the head and said, Bye, Pumpkin. When that old mama cat has her kittens, I'll give you the pick of the litter. This brought a smile to Fanny's face and swept away the darkening thoughts of boys. Ellen secured her own shawl about her shoulders and, tossing one side over and around again, picked up the lantern, which had already been lit. Taking Fanny's right hand, the pair proceeded on the three-mile trek back home. Heavy rains during the last week had left the dirt road virtually impassable for anyone on foot. Ellen and her daughter would return home the way they'd come, by following the railroad track. The track was about one half-mile above the road, it wound and wound around the mountains and through the valleys carrying the coal and lumber which had been harvested from the land. Once on the track, they proceeded in the direction of their own home. Ellen began to tell Fanny about the trains and all of the distant places they went to. The little girl loved hearing her mother's stories of all the big cities far away. She had only been to town a few times and had never travelled outside of Wise County. Fanny remembered her papa talking about his brother, Jack. Uncle Jack had left the county, as well as the state of Virginia. He was in a faraway place called Cuba, 
fighting for a man called Roosevelt. She wondered what kind of place Cuba was, and if it was anything like home. The sun's last rays were sinking behind the tree-studded mountains. Shadows rose ominously from the dense woods on both sides of the track. Rustling sounds from the brush caused Fanny to jump, but her mother's soothing voice calmed her fears. It's all right, child, just foxes and possums. A hoot owl's mournful cry floated out of the encroaching darkness, and Fanny tightened her grip on her mother's hand. Finally, night enveloped the landscape, and all that could be seen was the warm glow of the lantern and the shadows of the figures behind it. It was a moonless night, and the faint glow of a few stars faded in between the moving clouds. Fanny tripped over the chunks of gravel scattered between the ties, and Ellen realized that her daughter was tired. We'll rest a while, child. My guess is that we have less than a mile to go. Ellen sat the lantern down, and the weary travelers attempted to get comfortable sitting on the rail. Mummy, it's so scary in the dark. Will God watch over us and protect us? Yes, Fanny. Remember what the new young preacher said in church today. The good Lord is always with you, and when you need his strength, call out his name. Better still, do what I do. What's that, Mummy? Well, Ellen said, stroking her daughter's hair, I sing one of my favorite hymns. While contemplating her mother's advice, Fanny was distracted by a sound. The sound came from the direction that they had travelled from, and the girl's eyes peered into the ink-like darkness. It was very faint, but unlike the other noises she'd grown used to along the way. The slow, methodic sound was someone walking and coming in their direction. Mummy, do you hear that? Hear what, child? Fanny moved closer to her mother and said, It's someone else coming. Ellen gave her daughter a comforting hug and replied, You're just imagining things, Fanny. We've rested enough. Let's get on home. Your papa will be worried. Ellen picked up the lantern, took Fanny's hand, and the two resumed their journey. After a while, the sound that had unnerved the little girl began again. This time, the steps were more distinct and definitely closer. The distant ringing of heavy boots echoed in the dark. Mummy, I hear it again. Hush, child. Ellen swung the lantern around. See, there's nothing there. Fanny secured the grip on her mother's hand and clutched her rag doll tightly. The hoot owl continued its call in the distance, and the night breeze rustled the leaves in the trees. The air sure smells like rain, said Ellen. The wind is picking up a mite, too. We'll be home soon, little girl. Yonder's the last bend. Fanny found comfort in her mother's voice. But in the darkness behind him, the steps rang louder. It was the sound of boots. Heavy, hobnail boots. Mummy, it's getting closer. Ellen swung the lantern around again and said, Child, there's nothing out there. Tell you what, let's sing, Precious Lord. Fanny joined in with her mother, but her voice quivered with fear as the heavy steps came closer and closer. She couldn't understand why her mother seemed oblivious to the sound. Ellen's singing grew louder, and up ahead, the warm glow of light from their own home glimmered down the side and through the trees. A dog barking in the distance brought the singing to an abrupt end. See, child, we're almost home. Tinker will be running up to meet us. Big old Tinker. He's chased mountain lions before. He'll see us safely home. 
Let's hurry then, Mummy. Can't you hear it? It's closer and I'm scared. Let's run. All right, child, but see, I'm telling you that there's nothing there. Ellen made another sweep around with the lantern, and as they proceeded, she cried out. Here, Tinker. Come on, boy. The dog raced up the path leading to the track, and the two nearly collided with him as they stepped down to the familiar trail home. Ellen, is that you? Fanny's heart filled with joy as her father's voice rang out from the darkness. Yes, Lige. I'm sorry we're so late. I'm afraid I walked a bit fast for this child. She's worn out. Elijah picked up his daughter and carried her the rest of the way home. Once inside of the cabin, Ellen helped Fanny undress and gently tucked her in bed. The comforting sounds of her parents' voices drifted from the kitchen. Even the snores of her brothers in the back made her smile and be thankful that she and her mother were safe and sound. But before closing her eyes, her mother's voice rang in her ears. Lige, I heard the steps. I didn't want to frighten the child. I kept singing and swinging the lantern around and telling her there was nothing to be afraid of, but Lige, just before we got off the tracks, I turned the lantern around one last time. That's when I saw what was following us. I saw the, the figure of a man. A man without a head. Thanks for listening, and keep in mind that all links are in the relevant text boxes. Share with your friends, and I'll see you next time on Purple Clementine.